Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're absolutely delighted that you are here today. Today we're talking about, um, we're continuing our series called uh, Daring Faith, and we're talking about daring to imagine. Now, you know, I don't know if, about you, but I, I was that kid at, when I was in school that daydreamed a lot. Matter of fact, I would have done a lot better in school if had I not been why the teacher was writing on the blackboard in my mind riding a motorcycle. You know, I, I rode a million miles in school. Okay, some of you are laughing because you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, some of you are teachers here, you know what I'm talking about as well. But uh, I was a kid that daydreamed a lot. Matter of fact, uh, one time my cousin and I were camping out uh, in his front yard when we were probably 10 or 11 years old. We had a two-man pup tent. We, we were camping out in his front yard. It was a summer night. And I remember us, as we were about to, you know, go to sleep, we were talking about how that you know, we were imagining how that we were going to build this go-kart. And my father was a small engine mechanic, so he had a little shop, you know, behind his house, and we lived close to each other. So we used to talk about how that next morning we were going to get up and we were going to go build this go-kart and, and we were going to start this engine. In our minds, we had the fastest go-kart you could imagine. So the next morning we got up, our, we dreamed about it all night. We got up the next morning, we went uh, out to behind my dad's shop where he had some old scrap motors and we got my grandfather's wrenches and we started working on those things and tearing them apart, not knowing what we were doing. And so after about an hour, that wasn't fun anymore, so we threw the tools down and we went and rode our bikes or something, you know, I don't know. But I just say that because, you know, there's something about imagination that fuels us into action. And so today we're going to talk about that. What well, I want to give you three things about imagination that the scripture talks about. And the first thing is this, is that there's things in you that you should not imagine. The Bible calls these vain imaginations, and, and it's imagining evil stuff, or, imagine, or worry. Worry is uh, imagining the wrong kind of things. Also, lust is another kind of imagination that we shouldn't do, and, and then revenge is another kind of imagination. Do you know that God allowed the flood to come, you know, the story of Noah? God flooded the earth because all their imaginations was bad. All their thoughts were bad. It was evil. And then there's the second thing is this, is... Uh, is things that we shouldn't, then there's things that we can't imagine. We can't imagine uh, God's love, how much He loves us. We just can't imagine how that, you know, we would do the things that we've done and said the things that we said, and He still loves us. We can't imagine that. We can't imagine, uh, you know, heaven. I mean, come on. We read about heaven. We talk about heaven. <clears throat> Streets of gold, gates of pearl, you know, angels and all that. But really, we really just can't fathom all of that, can we? I mean, we, we believe it's there, but we just can't get it all. And about the second coming of Christ, I mean, just think about it. That the Bible says that it's the second coming of Christ, that 
you know, you may be at school or at your job or something, and all of a sudden the, the trumpet sounds, and you leave this world. You'll leave everybody here. You'll go to be heaven with God. It's hard for us to imagine that. And so then the, the, the third thing is this, is things that we should imagine. Things that we should imagine. So we have the things we shouldn't imagine, the things we can't imagine, and then the things we should imagine. And Paul picked this up as he was writing in the scripture. He told us about this, and it's on your outline. It's Philippians 4 and 8. It says this, Fix your thoughts on what is true, good, and what? And right. That's right. Notice what he says. He says, think about the things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things. And who? Boy, that could just transform your family right there, couldn't it? Why is it we just think about the negative stuff about other people? Think about the good stuff, he said. Then he goes on and says, think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. So three times there, he says... Hey, you got to you got to do a checkup from the neck up. You got to quit your stinking thinking. Boy, that would be good right there. Now I could not let you down because I know you look for a Dr. Seuss moment every week, right? So I just went ahead and give that to you, right there. So he's noticed. He said, "Fix your thoughts," and he said, "Think about, think about." So it's it's what our minds our minds are on. We have to learn to imagine good things, think about good things. So I want to give you what I have learned about God-inspired imagination. I'd like to just give you some thoughts on that today because I think that we have to learn to dream again. And so the first thing I'd like for you to write down is this, is number one, is that my imagination shapes my life. My imagination shapes my life. <clears throat> great lives are built on great dreams. Did you hear that? Great lives are built on great dreams. I would say that, you know, great families are built on great dreams. Of something better, you know, something better than we have now. And then also, I would tell you that great churches are built on great dreams. And this church is built on a dream. Do you know that? Over 20 years ago, that God gave me a dream. That, that, we, would that we would have a church that would not be self-centered, but, but would be others-focused. And we would touch hundreds of people because of His Word that would change people's lives. And we determined this, that, you know, we have a dream here that, that as long as there's one person lost in our community, in our, in our county, in our state, uh, in our uh, nation, and around the world, that our church have made a commitment that we will continue to grow because we have a dream. That everybody deserves an opportunity for a better life. And we will not stop until the, that happens. And also, I would say this to you as well. The Bible says it in Proverbs 23 and 7. It says, for as he thinks in his heart. Would you read those last three words out loud? You ready? So is he. So is he. You see, when I hear people say, well, I can't even imagine that. Guess what? It usually doesn't happen, does it? There's some of you sitting here today that you bought the line that you can't imagine your life being better. You can't imagine school being better. You can't imagine college being better. You can't imagine your marriage being better. You can't imagine your job being better. And usually you get what you imagine. So we have to change that. We have to begin to think better. The scripture says this as well. In Hebrews 11 and 1, he tells us the, that there's a connection between imagination and faith. Listen to this. The Bible answers the question. It says, what is faith? It is the confidence assurance that something we want is what? Going to, going to happen. Matter of fact, let's just say going to happen with a little confidence. You ready? It says what? Going to happen. Going to happen. 
going to happen. That's the difference between hope so and faith, right? There's many people that we will talk to and you say, you know, I'm praying for you. I'm believing that God's going to do something. They say, I hope so. Well, hope so is not faith. Faith is saying something is going to happen. It may not be exactly what I have pictured, but something is going to happen. I'm believing God for that, right? That's faith. It's faith. We're going to say this. Look what he says. It is the certainty, you might want to circle that word, certainty that what we hope for, or I would say another word for hope for, is imagine. It's what we imagine. It's the certainty of what we hope for, or I would say the word imagine, is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. So it, it's this assurance that God is going to do something and believing that. And my friend, that's being a person of faith and not wishful thinking. It's a person believing that it's going to be better because of God. I believe there's going to be a better future. I believe this thing, something's going to change. Something's going to happen. And then listen, that's what inspires you. That's what will take you to, the, to, uh, to becoming, overcoming depression and, and fear and anxiety. Is that you just believe that in spite of what's going on, I believe there's something. You see, it's when you put God between you and what's happening. I believe something's going to happen. It's going to happen. You see, in this series, I hope to uh, unlock. I hope to unlock faith inside of you. I hope to unlock the imagination, the dream that maybe once you started with in your life, somehow has got buried under trouble and rubble in your life. I pray, to, I pray to God that through this series that we uncover that and that you begin to dream again. You dream about the goodness of your family. You dream about your finances being better. You dream about your career, your ministry, you know, your giving. Whatever it is, you, you dream again. And we unlock that inside of you today. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29 and 18. Look what it says. Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. In other words, without a dream, you're going to die. And the problem that we have today is that, is that too many people are walking around without life. Do you agree with that? Too many people are walking around today and they're just existing. They quit living a long time ago. And I want you, as a part of this body of believers at Stockbridge Community Church, I want you to, I want you to live every day of your life. I want you to be alive. Because God has a plan for your life. And I want you to dream and catch the vision that God has for you. And I would say this. You see, without God, it's hard to envision a better day. Without God, it's hard to envision a better day. If, if you don't have God in your life, what do you do when horrible things happen? You say, oh, I pray to myself. Oh, I hope I can make this better. Oh, I hope that my family can straighten this out. Friends, I have issues that my, families can't, my family can't touch, and I certainly can't touch them. And I've got to have somebody a little bit greater than them. I've got issues in my life that the President of the United States couldn't straighten out. Hello? I need, I need someone that, that has, has a, a connection with my, me and my problem. And they know me directly and know my problem. And that's what faith comes in. And, and I want to unlock that inside of you today. And through this series, I want to unlock that with you. And I would say this today, if you're not a Christ follower, that's your first step. Without Jesus Christ, you're not, you're not going anywhere. You, you're only left up for what you have. 
But if you would just ask Christ to come into your life and save you, you say, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to tell you it's personal, and I'm not going to ask you to stand up, raise your hand, come forward, or anything like that. But I put a prayer in your outline to help you get started, help you take that step. And I pray that through this message today, that you won't go another day, that, that you look at that prayer and you say, that's me, God, and today I want to surrender my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. That means when, I, when God is the Lord of my life, you know what that means? He's responsible for my life. Did you hear that? When He's the Lord of my life, when I'm a follower of Christ and Jesus is Lord of my life, He's responsible for me. I'm not just responsible to Him, but He's responsible because I've given myself to Him. He's responsible for me. So today, I pray that you'll do that, and if you do, and when you do, I should say, I just ask you to check it on the back of this card. It's called our connection card, and I hope everyone fills these out every week. Would you do that? You know why? Because I want to pray for you. And if you don't fill this card out and you don't write your name on it, you know, then I can't pray for you. Every week, if you write your name on this card and you put it in the bucket, then I get, we get a chance to pray for you, and I want to do that. Okay, number two is this. Did you write this down? Doubt is the enemy of imagination. Doubt is the enemy. Doubt and fear will hinder imagination. As a matter of fact, it'll make your imagination work against you instead of for you. It'll work your, make your dream work against you instead of for you. You know what we do? We have a, what we should do is that we should doubt our doubts and believe our beliefs, Right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? We should doubt our doubts and believe our beliefs. But you know what I have a tendency to do and you have a tendency to do, and that is this. Is that we have a tendency to do this. We have a tendency to doubt our beliefs and believe our doubts. Would you agree with that? I mean, come on, somebody. Take that halo off this morning, put it under the seat. We all have a tendency to do that, don't we? We doubt our, we doubt our beliefs and believe our doubts. And I just want you to understand that there's a, here's a fact today. Your imagination... Your imagination will be either controlled by your faith or your fears. Your imagination, your dream, will either be controlled by your faith or your fears. And when it is controlled by your fears, you will be the worst worry wart there is. You'll be under so much stress and tension because everything is going to turn out bad. But if it's controlled by your faith, there's something that will raise you up a little bit higher and that you will be able to see a little bit further and it will give you calm to know that God is in the picture. And that's what I exactly want to happen for you. There's a, uh, an account in the Bible that I think God's in there. This, this is in here for me, okay? It's not in here for you. But there's a man that sort of feels like I do and his, story, his uh, account is in the Bible. Look what it says. In Mark 9 and 22, there's a man that has a a problem, and it is that an evil spirit gets a hold of his son, and, and it does all kinds of things to him, and he's brought him to Jesus. Look what it says. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asks. Now notice this. This is Jesus' response right here to you and me, and I'm glad this is in the Bible for me. He says this. Anything is possible if a person what? Believes. Believes. We just talked about what faith is. What is faith? Believing that it's going to happen. No matter what it looks like right now, no matter how bad it is, I still believe that it's going to change. God's going to do something. Look what he said. Now this is the part that I'm glad he wrote for me. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my what? 
Now, is there anybody here today ever felt like that besides me? Yes. Yes. That means that, okay, Lord, I'm trying my best to believe, but right now my son is sick, and it doesn't look like he's getting better. I'm trying to believe, Lord, but my marriage is on the rocks. I'm trying to believe, Lord, but these kids are driving me crazy. Are they ever going to get better? I'm trying to believe, God, for my job, this debt, this financial burden that I have. I'm trying to believe. You ever felt like that? But let me just tell you something. If there, were, if there was no fear, then there'd be no need for faith. Did you hear that? So there can never be faith without fear. You have to be overwhelmed by something in order to need faith, right? If you didn't have any fear, if you walked through this life, you said, you know what, I don't, I, I'm not afraid of anything, and you never had no concerns or anything that was overwhelming you, you would need faith. But now we live in this world that, that overwhelms us all the time with circumstances and difficulties that are going on, and we need faith. And, and so we have to really understand that. I thank God that this man helped me understand that I don't have to have, you know, all my doubts gone before I can believe. I just have to have a little more belief than I have doubts. Hello? Does that help anybody here? So some of you feel like, you feel like God ain't going to answer your prayers because while you're praying, you're still doubting. Come on. Man, you're looking at the star pupil right here. Here he is. There's times I've been praying. Now, God help this. And then my mind's saying, you know what, boy, you better be working on this. You know, it ain't getting no better. Oh, God help me. My mind runs right back to that. But God put this story right here in the Bible. He let this happen for me to say, okay. It's all right, I still understand what you might be stressed out and you're trying to pray and, and you're my, you're, you just seem like you're saying words, but I'm hearing you. And you just keep praying. You keep, you're, the fact that you're praying says that you have faith and your faith is stronger than your fears. Did you hear that? So when, so when your faith, when your fear is wrestling you to the ground, don't you sit there anymore. You say, no, 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 I'm going to keep praying because I'm believing God. I'm believing God. Courage is moving ahead while you're scared to death. You know, this is one thing I admire about my daughter, Caitlin. My daughter, Caitlin, many of you don't know, you see her up here singing, you see her playing the bass guitar, you think, well, that child doesn't have a problem in the world. Caitlin has a very severe case of ADD. She doesn't have the H, she's not hyperactive, but her mind just rushes. She has a little dyslexia as well. And, the, and, the, and her dream is to lead music. And if any of you have ever worked with music, you know that reading music, and when you have ADD and you're dyslexic, it's hard to read, it's hard to comprehend, and it's really hard to do it fast. And I've watched her whole life, you know, be the last one to finish. I've watched her go up on stages and, and, and sing with choirs and be scared to death. I've watched her go in for tryouts to, to try to perform, to make a choir or to, or to get a solo, her shaking to death. Why? Because she knew that her fear is that she knows her disability that she has, that, you know, it, it puts her a little behind everybody else. But in spite of her fear, I've seen her throw herself into opportunities and be scared to death only to get there and God show up. I've seen her do it her whole life. She hasn't quit. You know, this, she went to college and now she's in college and, and it's getting more difficult. And I've seen her struggle the whole way, you know. And I can see quit, wanting to quit all over her. But there's something that's risen up inside of her. It says, I will not quit. No matter what's going on, no matter how hard it is, I will keep on because I have a dream. And she has a dream that one day she's going to lead choirs in a middle school and she's going to raise young people up and show them that, how good the goodness of God through His Holy Spirit that He flows through music
music and he's going he's going she's going to give hope and life to those that have lost it through music and she has a dream and she's not letting go and i want you to know i admire that kind of courage amen i admire that kind of courage and so you today you need people in your life you need people in your life you know what you need people to do that can encourage your courage you need people in your life because many of you have a dream and, and you know, you have situations in your life that things come up and it just, it sort of knocks you off of that path. And you need people in your life that can encourage your courage. And that's why we have connect groups around here. We have connect groups for that reason so that you can get around some people that will encourage your courage. And so the people say, well, I told you so. You were, you know, I told you you were going to be stupid if you'd done that anyways. You know, I don't need any more negative people in my life. They just show up. Hello? I don't, I don't have to put myself around negative people. They just have a way of coming around, right? But what I have to do is I've got to put myself around some spirit people that can give spirit to me, right? Life to me. And so that's why we have connect groups. And I want to challenge you to sign up. There, there's a list inside of your program. And listen, you can't wait till the last minute anymore because they fill up so quick. And I don't want you to be left out. So I challenge you today, if you haven't decided that you do it today because they're filling up and, and you'll be left out and you'll go a whole nother semester out there in the dark by yourself with nobody to encourage your courage. You don't have to do that. I want to challenge you to sign up. Number three is this. God's Spirit and God's Word fuels my imagination and grows my character. This is so good. Jesus was talking about this in John 3. He said this about being born again. He said... Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spirit life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. You see, you will never be different until you see things different. And until you get a different spirit, you'll never see things different. God's Holy Spirit makes the difference. It propels you in life. It gives you courage. It gives you the hope to dream again. Dream again. Matter of fact, look at what Psalms 19 says. It says, the law, speaking of God's word, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. Now look at me just a second. Okay, I want you to look at me. Look at me. When you're looking at me, you see imperfection. All right? Now I know that's hard for you to believe, all right? But just ask Rhonda, okay? This is imperfection. But I want to show you what perfect looks like. Here it is right here. God's word is perfect. And so here's what it goes on to say. Look what it says. It gives us new life. God's word gives us new life. Why? Because it fuels our imagination. It fuels our dreams of what things could be. What things should be and could be through us. It fuels that. When you read God's word, it fuels that. It goes on to say this. Look what he says. He says this. His teachings last forever, and they give wisdom to who? Ordinary people. They give wisdom. It's perfect. And when you read it, when you get in God's Word and it gets in you, it gives wisdom to ordinary people. Now, I have inside of your program a little card like this. I want you to take it out. It's called our core four. The reason that we have set these goals, these are our spiritual goals this year. I'm, and it's in your card. I want you to put it on your refrigerator. I want you to make this your goal. Matter of fact, I met someone today that said, you know where it says share? It said bring four people to church. I met someone today that said, you know what? I have my friend with me because I want to go and get a start on that. 
I thought that was pretty cool today. I was like, high five, that's awesome. And so, anyways, why do I give you that? Here's why. Because, you know, if you're going to get in shape, you have to develop your core. People don't understand this. You know, like, people say, I want to get in shape. And the first thing is say, you know, I want, to, I want a beach body. And so they think about their chest. You know, I want to develop my chest. I want to develop my biceps, you know. I want to develop this. And you don't look like that. Well, let me tell you something. If you really want to develop, I know that got ugly over here, didn't it? That's right. The boy's like, oh, man, I hope you don't do that again. I've seen something down here. And now you know why I wore the jacket today. And so, so but your core connects everything, right? If you don't get your core right, then your core affects everything. You know, if you want to get stronger here, you've got to have a stronger core so you can balance everything. Your core connects everything. So spiritually, I want you to get connected. And here's why. Because when you connect and do the core four, and we said part of that is that you're going to get in God's Word for 15 minutes a day. You're either going to read it or listen to it for four days a week. And why? Because I want you to move from ordinary to extraordinary. Did you hear that? Listen, I'm offering you a step up. I'm offering you, I'm offering you an upgrade today. You know, I heard that Windows come out. You know, Windows got a new software now that I think they're on Windows 12 or something like that now, 11 or 12. And they just said that if you have less than Windows uh, 7, then we're no longer going to uh, uh, get the security over that. You'll no longer have security over that. And I thought, man, i got to upgrade because I sort of like when I got it. I'm familiar with it. I don't want to learn anymore, right? But I am being forced to upgrade. I'm telling you this 2016 year, what I'm going to help you do, I'm going to help you upgrade, right, baby? You're going to go from ordinary to extraordinary. People are going to look at you at the end of 2016. They'll say, my, man, what's happened to you? You're smarter than you used to be. You're wiser than you used to be. You've gotten better. You look better. You act better. What's going on with you? And you're going to tell them, you know what? I got into the perfect book, and the perfect book got inside of me, and now it moved me from ordinary to extraordinary. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. I, that's good preaching whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Upgrade, baby. Now let me give you one more secret. One more secret. How many of you, how many of you have a problem? Anybody besides me? Okay, great. If you didn't have a problem, I want to meet you afterwards, all right? Let me know what it's like. Here's what I want to tell you. God will be able to speak to you the more relaxed you are. That's why a daily quiet time is good. That's why I have one in the morning because after the day gets revving up, then I'm not as relaxed. So I I challenge you to have a quiet time. The second thing I want to tell you to challenge you to do is this. Now listen up. This is very important. You know that you're the most relaxed when you go to sleep. Do you know that? You're the most relaxed when you're sleeping. Do you know what I've learned to do? I have learned that whatever I'm facing, whatever big issue that I'm facing... I have learned to ask God right before I go to sleep, ask God a question. Like, God, what should I tell these people? God, what should I do here? I learned to ask a question when I've got a big issue going on. And why? Because God can speak to me through the night. There's been many times I've woken up in the morning and had the answer to what I... Not every time did it happen that way, but there's been many times. Now, I want to show you, this is not off the wall, all right? So if you look right into the Bible, it's right here. In Job 33, it says this. God speaks again and again through people, though, I'm sorry, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in vision of the night. Look at this. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their what? Beds. 
why don't you talk to God before you go to sleep? And why don't you say, God, what do I need to do here? And watch what will happen when you awaken. There's been many times it was in the morning or in the middle of the night, all of a sudden I woke up with the answer. This is what I got to do. I've gotten up many times in the middle of the night. Ron's like, what are you doing? I've got to write this down. I've got to keep forget this. It was from God. I want to challenge you to do that. So your next step is this. I will do my best to have a quiet time with God daily. I, I challenge you. Why, why would I do that? Why would I say that all the time? Because I want you to move from ordinary to extraordinary. I want you to upgrade this year. And you got one coming. All right, here we go. Number four, you ready? If your dream is from God and for God, you will succeed if you don't give up. If your dream is from God and is for God. Now, if your dream's all about you and how you can be selfish and it's all about you, then it ain't from God. Every dream that God will give you will be attached to His kingdom and His church. Somehow, I guarantee you. Somehow. Because you are here for His purpose to help other people. You're not here just for you. You're here for others. Remember what God did to the disciples? Remember? Like right before Jesus went back to heaven, this is what Jesus did. He said, all right, boys, come here, I want to tell you something. Now, he just, he's been crucified, he got up out of the ground, he's raised from the dead, and now he's walking around right before he goes back to heaven. He said, all right, boys, come here, I want to tell you something. I want to give you, I want to give you a dream now. He says, now I want you to go into all the world and I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to baptize people. I want you to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm going to be with you always. Go and make disciples. That's what I want you to do. And when Jesus said that, those boys had never been out of that region. And all of a sudden he said, I want you and you. I want you to go into all the world. Man, that's a pretty big dream, right? He let them dream it. Now look at what Paul, Paul picked this up and says this in Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or what? We can ask or what? So is anything too big for God? So are you asking what you're imagining? Are you, that dream that God gave you when you was a teenager, that dream that God gave you when you got married, that dream that God gave you when you was a little girl, a little boy, somehow life has come in and covered that dream up. Has, has God, have you forgotten that dream? God's not forgotten. When God gives a dream, He doesn't take it away. You might have covered it up. Life might have covered it up. But God's saying, this year, 2016, I want to uncover what you have covered up that you might realize the dream I put in your heart. Some of you are saying, you just don't know, Pastor. It reminds me of a story that I come across. There was a young man that was so overwhelmed. And there's a picture that portrays this. There's a picture of, a, of, a, of the devil and a young man playing chess. And the devil is sort of, you know, there, kicked back, and he has him won. He has a young man won it, and, the, and the, bat, the game is over the soul. Whoever loses the game, if you lose the game, you lose your soul. And the young man is stressed out because he's been sitting there for hours sweating, trying to figure out how he can make another move. And any move he makes, it looks like it's going to be checkmate, and the game is over. He's lost his soul. There was a man that was a famous chess player. His name is uh, Mr. Morphy was his name. And he was, friends invited him to an art gallery one day. And he was, as he was in the art gallery and he came to this picture. 
And he began to look and he saw the reasoning. He saw the fret on the young man's face and how there was no more moves to be made and that how he's going to lose his soul. And he studied that picture and he studied that picture and he studied that picture. And he stood there for, for over an hour looking and, and strategizing. His friends tried to get him to move on, but he wouldn't go anywhere. And all of a sudden, they heard a big yell in the art gallery. And it was someone who says, Don't give up! You have one more move! And he saw the how that young man could take one more move. And if he made that one more move, it would look like disaster. It would look like he couldn't go anywhere. If he made that one more move, he could actually say, Checkmate on the devil. That he could win the game. Wouldn't lose his soul. I want to tell you right now that some of you feel like you're in a chess match. You feel like you've been backed in the corner. You feel like life has overwhelmed you. You feel like your situations that you have no more moves. You've been backed up. You, you've given up in your dreams. You just decided that you're going to exist and make the best of it. But I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven who has the power of the Holy Spirit that right now has sent this pastor to tell you, don't you give up. Don't you turn around. Don't you say, give in. You understand that you have one more move in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you give up. This is your year. Some of you that your dream has died, don't you let it die. And you say, well, I'm too old now. You know, that was great when I was a young man. No, there's a man in the Bible by the name of Abraham. God promised him a son. He didn't get it until he was 100 years old. I want to tell you, God can do what Viagra can't do, Cialis can do. None of that stuff can do. I just embarrassed half the room, didn't I? Don't you give up. You say it's impossible. Yes, with you it is, but with God it is not. You say I'm too old, I'm too young. No, you're not. There's some teenagers here. God's put something in your heart. Don't you give up. You know what? When I was a teenager and God called me to preach when I was 17 years of age, and I started preaching and I started dreaming about a, a church. I said, God, if I could just pastor a church and preach to about 75 people, then that'd be great. And guess what? In 1995, I rolled up to this church in Forest Park. It was about 75 people. And I preached to those people and our church began to grow. And I said, God, if I could just preach to about 200 people, Lord, it'll be great. And guess what? Our church grew and we got to about 200 people. I said, God, if I could just preach to about five or 600 people, Lord, then that'd be great. Guess what? Our church grew and here we are. And now, guess what? God's given me another the dream. He said, just listen, I want you to know that, Jeff, what I've called you to do is not two or three hundred people. Your church is not to be two or three, two or three hundred people. You're to invade a whole community. And your church, this church, Stockbridge Community, it's to grow and expand and make a difference in the community, change the lives, give opportunity for a better life to everyone that's in our community and around the world. And I've called you. I've called you to lead it. I've called this church to do it. And listen, we're called by God. These walls will not hold what God has for us. I know I'm preaching good. I'm sweating. I'm spitting and sweating. Amen? Why? 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 Because you've come too late to tell me the dream that God gave me is over. You know, shoot, I got one, I got one foot on 50 and another one on a banana peel. I'm sliding over there. Guess what? As long as I got breath in my body, Rhonda, my dream will live. I believe that God, what He's shown me that He's going to do through us is going to change. It's going to rock your world. And let me tell you something. I'm giving you an opportunity to get in on it. God's doing something. It's our year. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. 
I want to ask you to stand with me. Today, look at me. Chuck, it's time to take the step. Some of you, every one of you, you've got a dream, baby. It's daring faith. Don't you let the dream die. Don't you let, don't you let that dream die. I don't care who's told you that you're not smart enough, bright enough, rich enough, skinny enough. I don't care who's told you what. Don't you let that dream die. It's from God. And it will live. And it will come to life. You have one more move. But today I want to ask you to take the first step in that. Whatever it is that you need to do, you know what it is. I don't know. You take the first step. I'm going to pray for you. And as our prayer team comes out, They'll be down here to pray for you or you can come and kneel at this altar. Whatever it is you need to talk to God about, take that first step. Because Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. Amen? We build our lives on Him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, today we have a dream. We have a, Lord, we, we believe that you're going to do something great in our lives. That we're not just going to exist as people, God. We're going to exist as people of God. We're moving from ordinary to extraordinary. This is our year, oh God. We will not give it up, oh Lord. We will hold to the dream that you've given us, oh Lord. Even if it takes a hundred years, God, we will not let it go. Today is a day of destiny. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the mess today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.secview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.